Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, it finally happened. The Eagles have traded wide receiver Jalen Rager. Takeaways coming up next right here on your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Thursday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase. You can find the podcast Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms on the Odyssey app, Google, Apple, you name it, available Monday through Friday on YouTube as well in video form. And hit us up on Twitter at LockdownBirds and at DiBiaseLOE. Today on the podcast, we're getting into for the second day in a row Another trade by general manager Howie Roseman. He has made three trades now in two weeks. And normally that does not happen around the NFL. Even in the modern day trade era that I think, by the way, the Eagles did start. That normally doesn't happen even in March, April, around draft time when there's more movement. But for it to happen a week before the NFL season, Howie Roseman is always looking to make moves. This is a classic vintage Howie late August kind of move. The regular season starts in now 10 days. And Howie Roseman's trading for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson the other day. The New Orleans Saints safety to make the missing piece finally filled on the defense. And then yesterday he trades Jalen Rager. And we didn't think it was going to happen. The Eagles had to get down from 80 players to 53 yesterday on Tuesday by the 4 p.m. deadline. And Rager initially made the 53-man roster. He was the fifth and final receiver, kept over Devin Allen, over Britton Covey, over Deion Kane. We thought there probably just is not a market for this guy right now or not something the Eagles were willing to take, and they weren't going to cut him and eat nearly $3 million in dead cap when it comes to salary cap space and overall as well, $8 million total on the books. But then today, the report from Adam Schefter comes out that the Eagles did find a trade partner for Rager, and it's ironically so the Minnesota Vikings who took Justin Jefferson the very next pick in the 2020 NFL draft after the Eagles selected Rager with their 2020 first-round pick. The Eagles get back a 2023 seventh-round pick, and then they get a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024 that is contingent on Jalen Rager. Certain statistical requirements need to be met, but overall, this was a change of scenery that had to happen for Rager, and it had to happen for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this was the best thing for both sides. When you saw all summer, Devin Allen, Britton Covey, Deion Kane, these undrafted rookies were making a much bigger impact on the offense and on special teams. You didn't even really get the electric training camp that Rager gave you last year, and every time game action does hit, he is just never impactful, and that was the same case with special teams this year in the preseason, with offense in the preseason. He was a guy that just honestly, outside of his draft status and the salary cap ramifications, was not worth keeping on this 53, and I said it on the show multiple times, if you could get anything for him, that you should take it. And the fact that the Eagles were willing to get for a sunk cost potentially two draft picks, including maybe a fourth-round pick in a year, depending on what Rager can do in Minnesota, that is 
way more than I expected. I was hoping to get rid of him for anything and maybe even sweeten the pot by giving away a draft pick. So overall, again, he just was not making the impact and his path to any sort of second chance has really been closed now. I mean, this is not like Nelson Aguilar in 2017. Now that A.J. Brown was traded to the Eagles and signed a four-year contract extension worth over $100 million, Devontae Smith is going to emerge in year two. The emergence of Quez Watkins last year, you signed Zach Paschal, who's a favorite of the coaching staff. They didn't trust Jalen Rager anymore. He was the fifth guy. He was buried on the depth chart. And they did not trust him like they did in 2017 Nelson Aguilar at this time of year in August where they were forcing him onto the field in his third year. Nelson Aguilar gave them every reason to seek a trade partner to get Jordan Matthews out of Philadelphia. And around this time, at that time of the season in 2017, they traded Matthews to Buffalo for Ronald Darby, which was a big need at the time at cornerback. And it cleared up room for Nelly, who had an amazing summer. For Rager, that wasn't the same case. And that's the thing is, is Jalen Rager completely finished in his NFL career? No, I don't think so. I still think after just two years, the situation wasn't perfect for him in Philadelphia. He could still revive his career and be a solid role player for an offense. But to expect a Aguilar-like third-year revival, especially with the Eagles still, that was never realistic. And don't get me wrong, I do get the comparison. So when you look at Rager's stats through two seasons and Aguilar's stats through two seasons, it's pretty comparable. Rager through two seasons, 64 receptions, 695 yards, and three touchdowns. Nelson Aguilar through two seasons with the Eagles in 2015 and 2016, he actually had less receptions and yards, 59 catches, 648 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. But Aguilar was the absolute outlier when it comes to that situation. So I actually did some research about this a few months ago when I was writing about if there's any hope left for Rager, right? But there really isn't. And when you look at the stats, it backs it up. Of the 12 receivers selected in the first round of the NFL draft since 2012 that did finish each of their first two seasons under 500 receiving yards, so of the 12 receivers that qualify for that, including Aguilar and Rager, only Nelson Aguilar of all 12 first-round picks that had two seasons with under 500 yards receiving each, only Aguilar went on to have one or multiple seasons of just 700 yards or more. Nelson Aguilar is the only one in the last decade of drafts that meets this criteria that actually did revive his career to the point where he could at least hit a 700-yard total mark. So to expect Rager was going to do that in Philadelphia, especially now that, yeah, Nelson Aguilar at the time was the fourth receiver. He was behind Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, Jordan Matthews, the team made other plans. They weren't banking on Aguilar. There was still a path for him. Matthews' contract was expiring, and he was only the fourth guy in the depth chart, making a move inside in the slot. Jalen Rager is behind four guys, two of which are not going anywhere anytime soon in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. In Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal, we know of the two, at least one is going to be a very reliable long-term third receiver. So that path was just not going to happen. The opportunity wasn't even really going to be there. And again, with Rager, I don't know why you'd be banking on that happening anyway, even if he did eventually get that chance. He has never shown that he has it at the pro level at any moment. Heck, even Nelson Aguilar, for as bad as he was in 2015 and 2016, 
he on occasions at least still made plays that you said, okay, I get why he was a first round pick out of USC. It makes sense before he broke out in 2017. With Jalen Rager, we have never seen the explosive dynamic threat that we thought the Eagles were getting in 2020 that made him a first round pick. At the NFL level, the last two years, he has not been able to separate. He has been a horrible route runner. He's been stiff. He did not look dangerous in the open field. When it comes to his speed, yeah, he has long range speed, but he is not quick twitch. He cannot make guys miss. He didn't always look like he was giving maximum effort either. He had bad hands. He just looked nothing like the first round talent that we thought he was. So overall, I think this was a sunk cost that the Eagles had to move on from. They have replaced him. They are set up long-term at the receiver position. Rager needed to get out of Philadelphia and have a change of scenery if he wanted to make this work with his entire NFL career still after just two years. So overall, I think it was a great move, and they got way more back than I thought they were going to from Minnesota, who gave, again, the Eagles get a seventh-round pick in 2023 and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024, and it does have to be based on certain statistical uh, metrics that need to be met, at least to a certain floor, for that pick to be a fourth. If it's not met when it comes to the stats for that season, then it does end up turning into a fifth-round pick. I got more thoughts on the Rager trade coming up next. I think even though it's not super impactful for the 2022 season, looking back at the last two years, it definitely does teach us a lot. So I have more takeaways coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Elias Digital Solutions. It's almost the start of the NFL season. We love this time of year. It's our favorite time of the year. And if you're into sports betting or fantasy, you need a competitive edge to win. That's why I highly recommend the Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and the MLB. Elias Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats, Elias Sports Bureau, the official statistician of U.S. Pro Sports Leagues, including the NFL. Their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, and Elias insights from the Sports Sports Bureau research team. This app really is our one-stop source for player news, league-validated player stats, and team records, expert game analysis for betting, building your fantasy team, and pressing friends. It's perfect for the preseason as well. You got player previews to help you draft a winning fantasy team and team previews so you know what to expect as the regular season kicks off. Elias Sports Game Plan app. Download it today. Right now, I have a special offer when you do subscribe. Get a 14-day free trial off a monthly subscription plan, but only if you use my promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Again, that's a 14-day free trial off a monthly subscription plan when you use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Find the Elias Game Plan Sports Betting app in the App Store or the Play Store today and use my promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Thursday edition of Lockdown Eagles. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Today we are getting into the news that General Manager Howie Roseman for the Philadelphia Eagles has made another trade, and this time he is sending former first-round receiver Jalen Rager to the Minnesota Vikings for a 2023 seventh-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024 that can turn into a fourth if certain stats are met. If not, it does turn into a fifth. But but I was even surprised I got a seventh. If you could get a fourth or a seven and a five for Jalen Rager, I will take that. Again, I was just hoping to get him off the roster at this point. And I have a lot of thoughts still when it comes to this trade. 
again, I just think it was something the Eagles had to do. I think it was something Jalen Rager needed, but it's absolutely crazy. Another thing you learn from seeing trades like this is just how fast things can change in the NFL. I mean, just two years ago, we thought Jalen Rager was the future wide receiver one of the Philadelphia Eagles. That was the new face of a younger, faster offense built around Carson Wentz. And it started perfect, right? Remember week one of 2020 in Washington on Ronald Darby? Jalen Rager beats him on a sluggo, a double move down the right sidelines for his first catch of his career being a 55-yard bomb from Wentz. I mean, that literally is perfect. How many times did Ronald Darby get beat on a double move like that from opposing speed receivers the Eagles didn't have when he was with the Eagles, and then Rager does that to him on his first catch of his NFL career? I mean, we we all thought that was going to be the future. Carson Wentz and Jalen Rager. And two years later, they're both gone. That was the only bright spot of that time in 2020. Both of them completely collapsed in 2020. Rager collapsed even more in 2021, and it shows just, again, how fast things change. But, again, it was, at this point, a sunk cost. I feel like, you know, with Rager, a lot of his issues, you know, the route running problems he had, they were there at TCU. He had a very limited route tree in the Big 12 at TCU. I think also when it comes to the effort issues, you could see that in college as well. But at the same time, I do feel like a lot of Rager's issues in Philadelphia were certainly mental because he did look like a TCU. He did look like a day one player. The Eagles weren't the some crazy team. This wasn't a Marcus Smith-like pick. Remember in 2014 where most people, including probably 31 other NFL teams, had Marcus Smith as more of a second round, third round player. I remember I did a mock draft that year where I had the Eagles drafting Marcus Smith, but it was in the third round. When the Eagles took Jalen Rager in 2020, not many people were throwing their hands up in the air. Were they surprised they didn't take Justin Jefferson? Yeah, absolutely. I was too, but I was all in on that pick at the time. I really liked Jalen Rager coming out of TCU, and I knew this Eagles team needed speed at receiver very badly. So I supported the pick at the time, and there were many other NFL teams. I know my good friend from Lockdown Packers, Peter Bukowski, said the Packers really liked Jalen Rager, and if he was available a few picks later – They might not take Jordan Love with that pick. They might end up drafting Rager. So there were other teams that saw Rager as a first-round talent, and there were debates going on about Rager versus Brandon Ayuk versus K.J. Hamler, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chennault, all those receivers after the main guys, right? Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and C.D. Lamb. It was, okay, take your preference. Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chennault, K.J. Hamler. It wasn't a nutto draft pick at the time. So a lot of it was mental because the talent with Rager did seem like it was there. I think a lot of it had to do with Justin Jefferson turning into one of the best receivers in the NFL from the jump. I think that definitely got into Rager's head when he was struggling with injuries in 2020, when he was struggling to separate at this level, to have the guy literally the following pick from you in the draft, that is the same position, become an absolute stud. I talked yesterday about who we're going to compare Jalen Hurts to this year at quarterback because comparisons, that is just what we do as sports fans. It's in our nature. People couldn't help. Jalen Rager couldn't help but see the comparisons, and people couldn't help but compare Rager's career trajectory to that of Justin Jefferson because it was a surprise to many that the Eagles did not take Jefferson 
over Jalen Rager. And that definitely got in Rager's head. And guess what? When he was struggling, Eagles fans let him know about how good Justin Jefferson was. And some players say they block out that outside noise. We know for a fact that Rager didn't. It got to Rager, got in his head. He was responding to fans all of the time on Twitter. And then he would delete his Twitter account. And then he'd come back and he would fire off more takes at fans. And he struggled in Philadelphia. Philadelphia was hard enough to play in alone. But especially when you're struggling as a young player, but when you have the Justin Jefferson comparison as well to deal with, a lot of that was psychological. And now he, man, the second toughest place for him to be outside of Philadelphia to try to make it in the NFL was going to be Minnesota. Because now he's got to see Justin Jefferson every day. And I'm sure Jefferson's going to be a great teammate. Jefferson himself even said one day, I think it was his rookie year in 2020, when asked about Rager, that it's not fair he's being compared to Jefferson. But the fact of the matter is, he's always going to be. And now he has to see Jefferson every day and be reminded of what he isn't at the NFL level. That's back-to-back impossible situations for Rager to be in. So you kind of feel for him. But at the same time, it's hard to feel really bad for him because I feel like he never really took accountability a lot of the time. And he always did push back despite not always giving 100% effort. You know, the only time he really took accountability was at the end, that final press conference last month where he really took accountability for the situation he was in, saying it was humbling, say he wanted to be an Eagle for his career and he's going to do everything he can to, you know, revive this career. That was the first time, though, you ever heard that. You know, yeah, are fans brutal at times in Philadelphia and unfair to young guys trying to make it? 100%. This guy didn't have a chance from the start, but it's very hard to really feel bad for him because he never held himself accountable and the effort was always a question. So to be honest, I think this time Philly fans were right to go after Rager. They're not always right to go after certain players, but this was much closer. I defend Carson Wentz all the time when fans go after him, but this was more in the category of Ben Simmons when it comes to Philly athletes or former Philly athletes that were first round top picks with a lot of expectations where I say, no, the, the critiques were justified. The critiques were absolutely justified. One last thing, by the way, on this Rager trade, I will say with Howie Roseman, yes, getting a seventh round pick and a conditional fourth is amazing for a sunk asset like Jalen Rager, where everybody knows you're trying to get rid of him. You've replaced him with four other receivers. The fact that you can get a four and a seven or a five and a seven, amazing. Howie Roseman, yet again, cleaning up a mess to its absolute perfection. This deal right now, is more than what the Dallas Cowboys got for Amari Cooper. That is highway robbery. But at the same time, let's not go around saying Howie Roseman is a genius for this. You know, he saw this coming all along. It's not like he's a general manager cleaning up somebody else's bad pick that was Jalen Rager. Howie Roseman was the guy that made this mess in the first place by taking Rager. Has he fixed it with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins? Absolutely. Like he has fixed a lot of his messes this year and in the past, but it was his sunk cost. So let's go easy on saying Howie Roseman is the greatest general manager in the NFL. Is he doing maybe the greatest job in the NFL right now? Absolutely. But let's just again be balanced and use context here because this pick was detrimental to the organization at the time, and that should still be seen in that way. It did cost them a lot. And again, they fixed it, but you would still have preferred them to get it right the first time. 
and just take Justin Jefferson or move up for C.D. Lamb. Maybe they maybe they're better off right now with the roster they have, but you didn't want that situation at the time. You you didn't want it. So you know Howie, this was his mess, but yet again he's cleaning his mess up to perfection. That is what he does best. All right, guys, when we wrap up today's edition of Lockdown Eagles, want to get into some news. The Eagles made a bunch of moves for their practice squad on Wednesday and a surprising cut from a 2020 draft pick. We'll get into that coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. And, guys, today's show is sponsored by the NHTSA. Drive high and you're going to get a DUI. Are you one of those people who think it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction time slows down way more when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everybody else. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, Eagles fans, we're wrapping up this Thursday edition of Locked on Eagles. To end the show, I want to get into some news based on the moves the Eagles made to their practice squad on Wednesday afternoon. So a couple key notes here. Since the Jalen Rager trade happened on Wednesday, the Eagles were able to keep three key receivers that we wanted to make this team over Jalen Rager. Devin Allen has been moved to the practice squad. He cleared waivers. So too did Britton Covey and Deion Kane. So that's great. That's one of my big takeaways for the Eagles 2022 practice squad. They have three legitimate playmakers or receiver on their practice squad that I feel like if they need a fifth or sixth receiver on special teams, we saw what Devin Allen could do against Miami as a gunner. We've seen what Britton Covey can do as a returner. We've seen what Deion Kane can do as a depth receiver. Love to have those three there with Rager gone now. You have your top four with Brown, Smith, Watkins, and Pascal. And those three guys are great insurance with the practice squad. Also, Anthony Harris ends up signing with the Eagles in the practice squad as one of those veteran designations. This was a full-time starter at safety in 2021, and you got this guy in the practice squad now. That's a great situation to be in. Anthony Harris, just kind of a non-factor, though, for most of his time in Philadelphia. But regardless, this was a guy in the franchise tag just two years ago. He did get better as the 2021 season went on. To have that kind of veteran experience on the practice squad with such a young safety group right now, that's really good insurance. So I'm really happy with how the practice squad looks. But I think the biggest takeaway from Wednesday's roster moves outside of the Jalen Rager trade is the fact that they moved on from another top 2020 draft pick, third round selection linebacker Davian Taylor. He was waived. The Eagles claimed former New Orleans Saints quarterback in order Dame prospect Ian Book to make the 53-man roster. He was claimed on waivers on Wednesday, but because Book now is on the 53-man roster, the Eagles were already at 53. They had to make a decision to move on from somebody. That somebody was Davian Taylor, and I'm pretty surprised. Normally, Howie Roseman does not give up on a high draft pick like that just two years in, especially when Taylor made the progress he did in the regular season last year, and he has all the physical upside in the world. He was very good in the beginning of training camp this summer. But at the same time, I do understand why Howie did move on. Davian Taylor has not been able to stay healthy. He was very bad in the preseason. I was live at the game in Cleveland last Sunday, and it was an absolute disaster. And also, you have four other young linebackers emerging. TJ Edwards had the best summer of his career. 
Kazir White did too. They're both coming off career seasons in the 2021 regular season. Nicobe Dean, your third-round rookie from Georgia, was a top-two linebacker talent this draft. He looked really good this summer as well. He's going to force his way into the starting lineup, I think, at some point. And Sean Bradley, every time he's out there, that kid makes plays. So you had those four already set in stone. You had to clear up space for Ian Book. They wanted to keep that third quarterback on the roster. Not really sure if I agree with that. I would rather have Davian Taylor on this team. I liked what I saw from him last year. I still love that physical upside, but I get it. Again, the injuries, the inconsistent play, he's just so raw. He was so new to the sport of football, heading to Colorado outside of high school, barely played the sport. He has all the traits, but overall, just an experiment that I think they thought was taking too long. And at this point, there really wasn't uh, much reason to keep giving effort in that experiment when you had those other four guys at linebacker that you think are going to be short-term core pieces and long-term. That's the thing about those linebackers. They're all balling out right now, but they're all extremely young. Yeah, TJ Edwards and Kazir White, they only have one more year in their deal, but you know, linebacker contracts aren't that expensive nowadays. They could probably get both of those guys back on a team-friendly deal. If not, if you only can keep one of them, let's say you keep Kazir White, Nicobe Dean can replace TJ Edwards, I don't think without a problem. And I think Sean Bradley is a main backup. You're doing fine at inside linebacker. So although I would prefer Taylor to be on this team over Ian Book, I do get the logic and I understand why Roseman did move on. But guys, we're going to sign off for this edition of Lockdown Eagles. We'll keep covering all the news as we get you ready for week one against the Detroit Lions. In just 10 days, we are under two weeks away from the 2022 season kicking off. Monday through Friday, we got a show for you right here on Lockdown Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Subscribe on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. And make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Lockdown Birds and at DiBiase L-O-E. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Make sure your second listen is the ultimate NFL preview 2022. Our Lockdown experts, including myself, our Odyssey NFL insiders, our boys with Lockdown Bets, Lockdown Fantasy. We are all getting together for an eight-series special starting right now. You can find it on all podcast platforms. Just type in ultimate NFL preview 2022. As always, for Lockdown Eagles, I'm Louis DiBiase signing off. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds.